Welcome to the Legacy of Legends, a Dynasty podcast. Join the Legacy of Legends team as we talk about the ins and outs of fantasy football, specifically from a Dynasty perspective. Our purpose is to help you make the moves to leave your mark and establish a legacy in your Dynasty League. And welcome. My name is BJ Kent, and I'm joined by my old Miss fan, Marcus Raper. What's up, man? The hotty toddy. What's going on? I had to throw that out there a little bit. Uh, so with college football fresh in our minds, Marcus, you watched the game last night? I did. Yeah, watched uh, watched the whole thing. Man, I like as so. If you don't know, we're talking about the national championship game between Alabama and Georgia that just happened. Uh, me being an Alabama fan, I'm not gonna lie to you. As soon as Jamison Williams went down with the uh, the torn ACL or whatever they think they, they think it is, uh, I I immediately I, I think I watched it for about another 15 minutes, and then me and Morgan found a movie to watch. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, we we watched it, and and I knew that was gonna hurt. Alabama, they was already, you know, slim at receiver, and with him going down, that uh, that kind of hurts their chances. But they they still played a pretty good game, and uh, you know, I'm an Ole Miss fan, and why I don't love Alabama, uh, you know, I, I I'm not an Alabama hater either. I think uh, Nick Saban's probably the greatest coach to ever coach in college football, and uh, you got to give the guys those. You know, he kept uh, you know, kept kept the game interesting. And uh, I was just, you know, as always, proud to see an SEC team uh, win the national championship. And, and I think it was a good match, uh, you know, for them. And after the game was over, I thought it was pretty neat to, to see the way him and Smart, you know, responded to each other. Right. Saban actually looked like he was, he was really happy uh, for Smart, you know, winning that. So, uh, and then the post-game interview, of course, a lot of people talking about that today. That, that took a lot of class from Saban to, you know, to talk his guys up there after – after you know that 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 loss and the, on that big of a stage, and, you know he wanted them to get the credit that they deserve. So that that was pretty neat of Saban to do. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a that's one thing I've been kind of looking at uh, on Dynasty Twitter and things like that. Someone immediately tweeted last night after the game, and they said, you know, with a with a loss like this, I think that it's going to do a lot of uh, it's going to what, what was the word? It's going to waiver a lot of decisions that's going to be made in this 2022 draft class. Uh, yeah. They said, for instance, with Jamison Williams going down uh, with the knee injury, they said they wouldn't be surprised if he actually goes back to Alabama next year uh, just to kind of prove what he could have done and things like that. Um, I think what it comes down to, though, honestly, is it, like you said, it was a good game from what I watched. Uh, I think Alabama's offense just kind of struggled a little bit. Uh, but like you said, losing receivers like John Mechie and Jamison Williams can kind of hurt you like that. Oh, uh, yeah. But for me, man, kudos to Georgia. Uh, they had a really, really good defense. The the offense started clicking there in the second half, specifically the fourth quarter. Uh, they looked great, and so I'm I'm excited for the SEC going forward. I think it's going to be a, a another tough year next year for for all SEC teams. Yeah, for sure. Especially, I think Texas and, and Oklahoma uh, are going to be coming in coming in pretty quick. I, I just don't see them announcing that they're leaving. Uh, you know, in the conference, they're letting them just hang around. So, uh, you know, I think things are going to get stronger and, you know, it's going to just be more competition. I'm interested to see how they break the break the divisions up. I think they get away from the East and the West, maybe, and even go to like a four division, uh, which is, is going to make things awkward to, you know, to, to kind of see how things play out. Hey, man, I'm all for it. You know, more competition, the better, I guess. Yep, yep. All right, Marcus. So in today's episode, uh, kind of an outline real quick. What we have is we're going to go ahead and welcome in our special guest here shortly. After that, we'll talk about some NFL news that broke this week, uh, just with coaches being fired and things like that. Uh, after that, I got a segment that I'm going to title in player opinions. Uh, what we'll do is give our uh, each, all three of us will give our opinions on just players that are kind of a little bit more difficult to rank for consensus. Uh, and in the end of the show, what we'll do is uh, we'll have playoff picks. And so now that the playoff or the NFL is set, we'll go through the first round real fast and kind of talk about who we think is going to win each matchup and why we think they're going to win each matchup. Um, but before we get into today's episode, though, we have a quick announcement. Uh, me and Marcus talked a little bit earlier in the week, and what we decided on is that next week we will not be having a new episode. Uh, we're going to take a week off next week to just kind of relax a little bit, recuperate and recharge. And then uh, after that week break, we'll jump back into it the next week. Uh, and then kind of go from there. We'll figure some stuff out. Uh, but I'm looking forward to the offseason, Marcus. I'm looking forward to breaking down these 2022 rookies, kind of going through a couple of mock drafts, maybe something like that. Uh, yeah. But I, I think it's going to be fun, man. No doubt. Awesome. So you well, ready to welcome in our special guest, Mark? Man, yeah. 
awesome. So every now and then we like to invite special guests to come onto the podcast and join us for an episode. We usually ask them questions about their fantasy football experience and ask their takes on certain topics and even players. This week is no different. This week, we welcome in the reigning Legion of Doom champion. He is currently in more dynasty leagues than most have played in in their entire lives. He is the original dynasty minion on Twitter. Spends most of his nights on the basketball court, either helping coach, scout, or cheering on his own kids. And pastors a local church. So let's welcome in the king of time management and the king of fantasy football handcuffs, Kelby Johnson. What's up, Kelby? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. That was a nice introduction. Thanks, man. You know, I work hard on this. I can tell. <laughs> All right, man. So first question going into it. How do you have time to do everything that you do? Man, I don't know. It's it's uh, it's a lot. Church and family and dynasty football. But um, in a lot of ways, you know, my I don't I'm not, you know, a typical eight to five, nine to five job. Right. So. Um, I think that actually helps me. I, I can find time throughout the day sometimes to sit there and look at my dynasty rosters and stuff like that. So um, I definitely don't think I'm good at time management. I just do what I enjoy, which is, you know, my church stuff, my family stuff and, and dynasty. So, yeah, you just make it seem like you're really good at time management. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, man, uh, so I know me and Marcus, I think it's our first year being in a dynasty league with you. And, uh, man, just the, the strategic moves that you made to get into the playoffs and make that push in Legion of Doom, uh, that, was, that was pretty neat. Man, I, I was looking back at it, and I don't really think I had a very good draft, a startup draft. Um, I did. I had a strategy of two receivers first. I went DK and, and Jefferson. But after that, I don't really think I had a good draft. But I was able to make some good trades, and I think also just load up on those handcuffs Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what helped me, you know, make that run at the end. Yeah, I know. Uh, I think Justin, you know, because you were at the turn in that start of the draft, I believe. Yes. And having Justin Jefferson and DK Metcalf make it all the way to, like, picks number 10, 11 in a one QB startup draft, I don't think that would happen right now. Yeah, I agree. Uh, specifically Justin Jefferson. Uh, uh, ain't, ain't no way. Uh, I've, I've said, I think me and you talk about it. Uh, you know, he's he's definitely the number one, number two receiver off the board right now in a dynasty league yeah i would even throw him in there in top five overall in a one quarter oh, yeah. honestly yeah well i mean you know people's people's wide people are understand the wide receivers you know the way to go your your dynasty running backs just don't last as long so uh you know the receivers are going higher and higher each year yeah but then you get the studs like jonathan taylor too there yeah but, uh, yeah so in, every time that we uh, we bring on a special guest, Kelby, we like to ask them a couple of questions to just kind of give the listeners an idea of where you stand at with your fantasy football experience. Uh, like I said, this just kind of gives everybody an idea to just kind of get to know you a little bit better. Uh, so starting off, Kelby, first question, how long have you been playing fantasy football? This is crazy to think about, but when I was probably in seventh grade, which would have been like 1993, um, we had a math teacher who was also a coach. And he started introducing some of us guys to fantasy football. And this is so long ago, right, that we actually had the USA Today on our desks, desks, like copying down the stats. And he was using it, I guess, to teach us. I thought he was using it to teach us skill, you know, math skills and stuff. Looking back, I think he was try- just trying to dominate little kids in fantasy um, hey, football. <laughs> but, uh, but, but seriously, we did that. And, and we had him in high school as well. And he always kept leagues going. We did like baseball, basketball, football. We did hockey. We did golf. We did NASCAR. We did fantasy everything through high school with this uh, coach. And and so I've been playing fantasy football since then. Um, so, man, that's what, 28 years? That's crazy uh, to think about. But um, I moved up here to North, to North Mississippi about 14 years ago and started a church league. Uh, I know like you guys have. And, and a good friend of mine, I think BJ might know this guy, Rob Browning. Oh, yeah. Um, he was in this league and he and I just, we got to where, uh, man, we just talked about fantasy throughout the year, not just during the season. And so, but we didn't know there was even such things as dynasty leagues back then. That's probably, this has probably been like you know eight years ago or something. And um, it, we were like, wouldn't it be cool if we just kept the same roster all year round, you know? And, and so we just kind of made one, used the ESPN platform and, and just didn't even know really what we were doing. But, um, Man, since then, I was just hooked on Dynasty. And um, I always tell people, if you like fantasy football, if you just like it, Dynasty might not be for you. But if you love fantasy football, then you need to check out Dynasty. Um, and so that's 
that was again probably eight years ago and i've been every year i've increased my leagues and had different types of leagues and i'm currently as of right now i'm in 18 leagues um so i obviously love it <laughs> all right so 18 dynasty leagues correct 18 dynasty leagues yes and i'm still probably in every year four or five redraft leagues but to be honest i'm really losing my desire for those but yeah. i still do a few every year that i've been doing for a while so that's that's kind of where i'm at too uh i know so, so what i got from your answer there though kelby i'm just gonna kind of break this down you played in a dynasty league before you even knew what a dynasty league was yeah we we made our own league without really knowing that was a thing out there like did you ever i mean we all played madden growing up you know you do yeah. franchise mode or whatever mm-hmm. madden i didn't even play the game i would just send the games to build the build our team you know that was fun so I think stuff like that played a role in us, like, let's just keep a team all year, try to grow a team and things like that. And But but shortly after that, you know, we, we were on Twitter and we were on, you know, finding things like my fantasy league and sites like that. And we realized, okay, there's a community of people out there doing this. That's how we kind of got plugged into the MFL side of things and, and learning, you know, finding like, you know, forums to talk with other guys about Dynasty and stuff like that. And, and so that's kind of, you know, how it all led to – you know, where I am today in it. That's cool, man. So uh, let me ask you this question. I don't have it wrote on here or anything, but like, what's your most diverse dynasty league? Like where, what's the one league that's like, not just people that, you know, not just people from Northeast Mississippi, but just like the one that's kind of sporadic. Um, Man, I'm in so many that I'm only in a few with like people around here, all around our area. Most of my leagues are people that are all around the nation or even, we have folks in you know other countries. Like I'm in a league. I'm in a startup draft right now. There's a couple guys like in England, and so it's really annoying because at night, you know, <laughs> they're they're asleep, and I'm like, it's still time. There's still time to pick, but they're over there asleep, and so they get up and pick at like 2 a.m. here, you know, whatever mm. 3 a.m. But um, but it's cool, man. The, the relationships that I've made over the years, just with guys, just online stuff, you know. But um, it's been pretty cool, just you know, knowing people from all different places. I guess you'd say. Yeah, and that's that's one of my favorite things about Dynasty, man. Is like once you get into that community, you can like really build pretty awesome relationships through it. Uh, people that you wouldn't normally get uh, get in contact with, and I know like Twitter is a big thing right now in the Dynasty community, and just uh, staying interactive with people that that's just uh, knows a lot more about players than I do. Uh, but so let me ask you this question, Kelby: who's your who's your most rostered player in Dynasty right now? Just kind of a guesstimate. I know the answer to this. I don't know if y'all know this, but there's a website called DynastyPlanet.com. And you can actually go on there and type in your MFL or sleeper login, and it'll tell you who your most owned player is in those leagues. But I want y'all to guess who you think my most owned player is. All right. So do you have them in a league that we're in together, like Yellowstone yes. Art? Okay. Yes. AJ Dillon. He's up there, but he's not number one. Uh, let me Dalton Schultz. No, he's up there, but oh, man. my most owned player is Daryl Williams. Okay. Yeah. I own him. In, I own him in eleven of my the sixteen leagues I had this season. I had him in eleven of those leagues. I can respect that, uh, Mister Mister Handcuff King. There, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Y'all, y'all know I love the handcuffs. And I was thinking about that handcuff thing. Like, I was the guy years ago that I would try to get one stud running back and then a handful of like PPR backs, like the Darren Sproles type guy, Darren yeah. Sproles guys like yeah. that. And I think that started me with some like a running back strategy. But I, and I don't know exactly when, but I just started loving handcuffs. I don't care if it's my handcuff or the other guy's handcuff. I just – the reason here's the reason I like it. If you get a Daryl Williams, right, you're not going to start him ever. But if the, run, the running back ahead of him goes down, he's a, he, you can plug him in and play him. Um, Alexander Madison has been the best example of that. If yeah. Dalvin plays, if Dalvin plays, you set Madison. If Dalvin's out, and I'm starting Madison. You know? Oh, yeah. Uh, I well, think Dylan's, Dylan's a, Oh, go ahead. Dynasty, it's kind of overlooked, uh, not not overlooked, but you've got so many more roster spots that you can keep those guys. In a redraft, you know, you may have six bench spots. So, you know, it's hard to hard to just put those guys, and I guess that's me. I think me and BJ had talked about something that we've learned, you know, going into next year, and I didn't draft a lot of handcuffs, but now that I realize there's spots there, you know, to, to put those guys – that's something that I've learned, you know, because I we're new to Dynasty, uh, you know, a couple, maybe three years, four years into it, and that's that's something big, you know, that you don't really do a lot in redrafts. You don't have the spots, you know, the bench spots to hold those handcuffs. But yeah, for for sure, 
uh, you know, at U, and, and they was a league that I was in that I had uh, uh, Dylan and Madison, which, which helped me big time, uh, you know, to make the playoffs. Dylan is, you know, Dylan's one of those guys that's so good. You can even, he's like a cream hunt, right? You can start oh, yeah. him. You can start him even if the starter's out there. But if Chubb goes down, hunts money. Or if, yeah. you know, if Aaron Jones is out, Dylan's good to go. And, but I think the way I say it is just, it's, you, with those running backs, you get clarified starts where like a receiver, you know, even if he's going to play, you're not sure if you can start him sometimes if it's not a top receiver. But those handcuff running backs, to me, it just becomes clarified if that starter gets hurt that hey, I'm, I'm plugging this guy in. And in the last, I was, I'll say last year it wasn't as successful of a strategy, but this year uh, across my leagues it was very, very successful. You look at you look at several like take Henderson for example. You know, with with Acres going down before the season ever started, people who who's got that guy. You know, you've got a you've got a number one back there right off the bat. Uh, you know, and you didn't. You know, didn't probably draft him till you know eighth, tenth round. So, uh, it, it's for sure helpful. Yeah, man, that's like players. For instance, trades that I've seen made this past year in Dynasty is like I've seen Henderson get traded for a first. Mm-hmm. I saw uh, Cordell Patterson get traded for a first and a second in one league, uh, and then like even Daryl Williams and people like that who you'd normally pick up off the waiver wire. Sometimes, man, I saw them go for like actually good, valuable pieces going forward. And so, man, that's that's honestly Darrell Williams won a lot of people a lot of leagues this year. Yeah. Uh, when yeah. you look back at the at the stats and the fantasy points, uh, he scored more points than Saquon Barkley. And so, yeah. you know, with it, I would I, I wouldn't mind it a bit. So I think I think we have to compare though. We have to compare Kelby's most rostered player to Stevens' most rostered player. Oh yeah, who did, who did Stevens say? Tony Jones. Was T- Tony right? Jones. <laughs> hey man, he, Tony Jones could have hit. He could have. I'm a Saints fan too, just like Steven. I've been a Saints fan my whole life. And I I didn't really buy into Tony Jones like Steven did. I, I try to usually just if Steven has an opinion, I go the opposite way. And so <laughs> I didn't really buy much into Tony Jones. So I'm glad. Man, the hop the hop was there though, I'm not gonna lie. It oh, was. it was. It was. I'm just kinda messing with Steven, but but it was. Uh, so my my most rostered player, uh, I've said this before, but it was Ceedee Lamb. Uh, I bought into him before all the all the top three hype and things like that. Uh, Marcus, I think yours was Mike Davis, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Cordell Patterson ranked that for me. So, oh man, yeah, that hurts. <laughs> all right, so uh, Kelby, looking back in your man, almost eight nine years of dynasty. What do you think the best trade you ever made was? What's like your holy grail that you made? I don't have a holy grail on the positive side of trades. I've made, I make so many trades. I make so many offers. Sometimes they're awful, but I just throw out offers a lot. And I really can't tell you the one big one, but I'll give you one from this year that I liked a lot from this season. Cause again, so many leagues and I can't remember all of them, honestly, but um, this year in the preseason, I took over – I don't really do orphan teams, but I did this one last year. I took it over. I was trying to build it up, and I wanted to compete this year. And I traded um, Elijah Moore, Kadarius Tony, and what really comes out to be a late second-round pick for Joe Burrow. And oh, wow. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying it was a huge deal. I mean, Elijah Moore, I know there's a lot of hype and what he still could be. And um, Kadarius Tony, there's some hype there. But this guy was trying to just – he, he wanted some receivers and he was trying to get some extra pieces. And um, we talked for a minute and he was like, I'll give you a burrow. And I was like, you sure? He's like, yeah. I was like, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> and so um, I thought that was a pretty big win for me early in this year. I actually finished second in that league, but it was still a pretty, I thought it was a good trade uh, to get burrow. And it's obviously super flex too, right? Oh yeah, for sure. I, every, I mean, all my leagues are super flex except Legion of Doom. Obviously I prefer super flex. Um, but, so yeah, most things I say it's kind of like I'm talking about Superflex. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's a for me a, for me, super, top for me quarterback. Super, I know for me Superflex just makes the quarterback position more important. Like if I'm not Superflex, I'll I typically wait on quarterback. You know that's why I like two tight end leagues as well. Or if not, I'll usually wait on tight end to the end or something. But um, but yeah. Well, I mean, it gives it gives balance to those positions, like what you said. To where, like, you don't have to wait till, like, if you're in a super flex league, you want to grab your quarterback kind of early. You know, you don't want to yeah, be stuck. Sure. You don't want to be stuck with a Ryan Tannehill or nobody. Uh, for sure. So you kind of, for uh, you mentioned this. 
Uh, what was, what's the worst trade you ever made? So I definitely remember this one because I've, you know, I've used it to help me, but first year of dynasty back in 2013, I think it was, I was undefeated middle midway through the season. And I had, I just thought I needed some depth and I needed, I wanted one running back, one receiver. I looked around the league, found a guy who had, you know, abundance of those positions. And so I offered, and see if you guys remember these names, but I wanted Eric Decker, Jets receiver. Oh, yeah. And Ahmad Bradshaw, the Giants running mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. You remember those names? Yeah. And so I traded. I had a young – I had a rookie receiver. I don't think I even drafted him in the startup. I actually think I picked him up after the startup draft. Again, my first ever dynasty league. Um, but he didn't play. He was hurt to start the year off. And so – I mean, I, I take that. He's like, yeah, I'll take that that receiver. So I trade this rookie receiver to this guy, and I get my depth pieces back. By the end of the year, Decker and Bradshaw have both been hurt and not doing much. And I meet this same guy in the finals, and he beats me in the championship. Ooh. Can you guess the name of that rookie receiver? All right, what year was this? He went absolutely nuts the last few weeks of the season. It's got to be 2013, 2014. That'd be Odell. Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I traded Odell Beckham. I remember that year. <laughs> I traded Beckham Fantasy. for Bradshaw and Decker, which they're both older. They're both, you know. And Bradshaw, Bradshaw didn't play much after 14, did he? I don't think so. I don't yeah, think it was I think like 15. Yeah, yeah. He I, Because you had him and uh, was it Brandon Jacobs? Jacobs, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I've always remember that one, and like my buddy Rob, he always brings it up, you know, to mess with me. That was such an <laughs> awful trade. But again, I didn't know. I didn't really. I wasn't really an Odell believer. Like I said, I don't think we even drafted him. I think we I picked him up after the draft, maybe. But again, we were all new to Dynasty, so I remember he had health concerns coming out of college that that first year. I think yeah. he had been hurt a little bit at LSU. So, but if you go back and look at his last three or four weeks mm-hmm. of that season, it was like more than Jamar Chase is doing basically like week week to week, you know, it was just like, um, it was insane, but man, so there's, some, there's something about them. There's something about them LSU wide receivers, man. I guess so for sure. All right. So Kevin, just, uh, before we move into this next segment of NFL news, just a little side tip real quick, uh, something that you said. So when you first started playing fantasy football, dude, I was literally like one year old. Mm-hmm. I figured that. <laughs> like just like just like play like crawling around on my nursery floor or something. I don't know what it was, but that's that's crazy, man. Isn't that crazy? But that's why I've got to make sure to beat you in all these leagues, you know. Yeah, see exactly, you know. <laughs> but that's that's one thing I can say though. Is I, I I wish we would have had a coach like that. Oh yeah, this guy was great, man. Just a great he's a great coach throughout my years and a great teacher and just a great guy. Um, that's cool. All right, so moving into this next segment real quick. All right, so let's talk about some of this NFL news that came out this week. Uh, so immediately following the end of the NFL regular season, there were a couple of big moves made by NFL teams. So I figured what we could do is just talk about each move and just kind of like how we initially felt about each one of them. Uh, we don't really have to go into too much depth here, guys, because honestly there's still going to be a lot, a lot of changes that's going to be coming up in this offseason as far as hiring of new head coaches and things like that. Uh, so the first news that I saw that was broke was that the Vikings came out and fired head coach Mike Zimmer and general manager Rick Spillman, I think is how you pronounce his name. Uh, one thing that I looked at, though, is that the Vikings actually finished the season 8-9 and nine and finished second in their division behind the Packers. Uh, what's y'all's thoughts real quick? Let's start with Marcus. Marcus, what's your thoughts initially whenever you heard this news that Zimmer was fired? Uh, I mean, I could kind of see it coming, uh, but then I was shocked as well. Uh, you know, he's been there. Out of the coaches that was fired, I think Zimmer's been there the longest. Uh you know, honestly, I think he kind of had a tough road with some injuries. Uh, and also, you know, you're in the in the division with the Packers. Uh, they had a, a decently tough schedule. Uh, but honestly, you know, they, they lost a lot of big leagues. And I think that's kind of what led to it. Uh, you know, there was several games where they was up by two or three scores and ended up losing that lead late and, and lost a lot of ball games that way. So, uh, yeah, I could see that they, they want to move on. Uh, the thing that scares me the most is, as we talked about before the show started, is they're interested in in Lane Kiffin, which uh, you know I definitely don't want that. So, 
Yeah, that's something that I've seen too. Is that uh, I, I want to say it was back on the the broadcast of the Vikings and Steelers this year. Whenever Dalvin Cook just went bananas, uh, in that game though, I want to say that they said that Zimmer was on the chopping block. Uh, just because of play mm-hmm. calling and just uh, the season and losing so many games by like single digits and stuff like that. And they're, so, they're uh, one of the only teams though, to, to beat the Packers with a healthy Rogers. So, you know, I mean, they, they, they had some, some good games. Well, I mean, they got, they got pieces too, though. That's the biggest mm-hmm. thing. Uh, and so, I mean, I can see where they don't want to waste uh, Justin Jefferson's talents and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, it still kind of shot me. Uh, but moving on to this next one though, this is one that I actually rejoiced in. I'm not going to lie. Uh, the, the Chicago Bears finally fired Matt Nagy and general manager Ryan Pace. Uh, the Bears finished third behind the Vikings in their division with a record of 6-11. and 11. Kelby, what, what was your thoughts when you saw that Matt Nagy was fired? I think we all knew this one was coming. And as fantasy dynasty owners, excited about it, I think. I mean, just to see what happened with Allen Robinson the last couple of years. And yes. Obviously, Fields comes in there with some, you know, hype and expectations. I think it'll be nice to get just fresh a fresh start in there with him. And um, and they, they do have some pieces, I think, on offense too. Darnell Mooney and you know, Montgomery at running back. So, it, it will be cool to see if they can get someone in there that can really, you know, take them a step forward. Yeah, absolutely. That's the biggest thing, man. And when I look at all these openings and stuff, uh, the Bears is one of the ones that kind of draws my attention. If I was a head coach, I'd love to get a young franchise quarterback, uh, get Darnell Mooney, David Montgomery, an established running back, things like that. Uh, and so for me, it, it draws my, it kind of raises my eyebrows a little bit. Uh, Marcus, I know you're excited about it, so I don't really have to ask your opinion on it. Uh, <laughs> I haven't so, been that hard on Nagy, have I? Uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, I want to say, I, I want to say, at one time you compared him to Adam Gase. I, I, uh, I don't, I don't know that. You know, I don't even know if I'd put Gase in that category. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> right, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. They're both horrible. Uh, so a surprise that kind of shocked me a little bit was, uh, the Broncos fired head coach Vic Fangio after the Broncos finished the season seven and 10 and was last in the AFC West. Uh, for me, it just kind of surprised me just for the fact of like, uh, man, they got a good squad there and I know they want to move on, uh, from Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater coming up in the off season. Hopefully I hope that's what they do. Uh, but with that, this, this, uh, this firing of, of, of Vic Fangio or whatever, how you pronounce his name, that kind of surprised me a little bit just for the fact of, I thought they'd give him a little bit more time. I thought they'd try to get him, get him a couple more pieces and stuff like that. Uh, well, what's y'all's take on that? I, I think, you know, honestly, they're, they're going into a rebuild. You could see with some of the pieces they traded away. Uh, you know, they've got got some draft picks coming up and, and to me, uh, probably close to one of the toughest divisions in football. You know, they, they got to compete with Kansas city, Las Vegas and the chargers, uh, you know, on a yearly basis. So I, I can kind of see, you know, what they're doing. They're trying to, to get, you know, a new coach, new, new staff and, uh, add some pieces there to, to compete. Uh, they've got one of the hardest jobs in, in football competing in that division. So, I can kind of understand why they've done what they've done. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, Kelby, what did you think about the Dolphins moving on from Brian Flores uh, after he led the Dolphins to a 9-8 and eight record after they lost seven straight? I thought this was the most surprising one of the ones we've mentioned. Um, didn't he beat the Patriots both times this year? I yeah. Think. yeah, for the first I time mean, in a while. He, yeah, and I know he started really slow, but they also you know, dealt with some injuries. They had just random guys at times at running back and – and of course injuries, but they they really picked it up late. And but I did read something might have been yesterday that um, that there's some relationship issues, maybe either between him and Tua or him and you know general manager, something like that. There's some kind of relationship issues that might have led to some of this. I don't know, but as far as on the field, I thought he did a good job, and he's clearly a good coach. Just man, it's such a tough profession, isn't it? Like you got to what have you done for me lately? Kind of deal, right? You got to mm-hmm. be successful now and um anyway that's it's tough but i you know as a fan of Tua, as a fan of Jalen waddle those guys uh you hope they bring in some kind of offensive mind that can get those guys going yeah that's one of the one of the spots that i want uh god what's that guy's name Kellen moore ain't that his name for the uh the oc for cowboys yeah so the, the dolphins is one of the spots i want to see him land at honestly uh they, they got a lot of offensive pieces there, and I imagine they're going to get a running back in the draft uh, coming up. But, uh, yeah, for me, too, it was the same way. Uh, I was listening to Sirius XM. I want to say it was yesterday on my wife's vehicle. 
And that's one thing that they said was that the uh, the GM came out after the firing and he, he just said, he's like, it was a communication issue. Uh, he said that, you know, we just weren't all on the same page and it was cooperation and collaboration. And I want to say is what he kept saying. Uh, but with it, I hate to see it, but he's one of the few head coaches that I see that will probably get a job really, really soon. Uh, I see him getting another head coaching job somewhere. Uh, and then the news released today that the Giants fired Joe Judge after finishing the season with a great record of 4-13 and 13 and finishing last in the NFC East. Uh, Marcus, I know you kind of had a couple of thoughts on Joe Judge getting fired. Yeah, I, I just don't think they give him long enough uh, to, you know, to, to get everything together. He come in and, you know, everything was in pieces. Uh, Barkley injury, uh, Jones, you know, injury this year. Uh, was it was it Shepard? One of the receivers went down to a season-ending injury. Uh, you know, their defense has, has got a lot to work on. I felt like he was putting pieces together, and once everybody got healthy, uh, you know, they play in a tough division as well uh, with, the, with the Cowboys and the Eagles. So, uh, you know, I, I, it, like, like Kelby had already mentioned, it's, you know, what have you done for me lately? Uh, and, and they just – they didn't have a great year, so – uh, I guess they're ready to move on. My thing is I felt like he's he's a pretty decent coach, and I don't feel like there's a lot of candidates out there. There's a few, uh, but with so many job openings, you know, uh, the, I, to me the Giants isn't isn't the one that, you know, the, the candidates are going to want to go to. So I feel like they're last on the list when it comes to, to getting a head coach. Yeah, who were the uh, who was the other two teams that released their coaches early in the season? I know the Jaguars uh, fired Urban Meyer, but wasn't there another team as well? So you got the Raiders because nah, that's who it was. Yeah. I couldn't remember. So, I mean, yeah, like you said, there's a lot of a lot, a lot of, of people out are there. saying that 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 the OC is going to get the job there in Las Vegas. Uh, he's actually they said if he doesn't get that job, he'd be a candidate for one of the other openings. So uh, I know Ben, you know Ben's a hardcore Raider fan, and he's he's a man. I hope not. But, I mean, the guy's done a decent job. He got them on the end of the playoffs, you know, with all the, the stuff, the rugs and Gruden. And I know they'll probably get put out first round. But, uh, you know, uh, he, he's he's done a decent job. How, how Man, week 18, uh, kind of off subject, this was the best final week of the regular season, the way they got it set up with division matchups and moving the moving the games around. Uh, that, that Raiders and Chargers matchup, to where they could have kneeled the ball. Both of them just ended in a tie, and and both of them would have made the playoffs. That was probably one of the weirdest things I'd ever seen. I don't know if y'all – I'm sure y'all realize that, but if they would have tied, was it Sunday night? They yeah. both would have yes. made the playoffs. I was like, man. And yes. then it goes into overtime, and everybody's like, uh-oh, it's just going to happen. And, uh, <laughs> of course, Raiders, Raiders kicked the field goal there at the end of the game, but uh, that, that was wicked. And it looked yeah. like they were going to tie and, until Chargers Chargers called timeout, and they gave yep. Jacobs a couple of decent runs. If they stopped Jacobs on those, I think they would have just nailed it out. Yeah, but yeah. Um, but if you're a Big Ben fan or Steelers fan, you're you're sitting there pumped if that happened because he gets one more game or whatever. But yeah, yeah, they they showed uh, the right. Ra- it was talking about the Raiders and the Steelers nation. Uh, you know, like thank you. <laughs> I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they needed yep. that. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this, guys. Uh, what about the Colts losing to the Jaguars and uh, choking their their playoff chances? Man, that was shocking as well. Kelby, I know, yes. I, I know, I know you're a big Carson Wentz fan, Kelby. I mean, I do think Wentz is a good quarterback, and I think he can put up good numbers. I had him in a few leagues this year, and he, I still think he's a good quarterback who puts up good numbers. But that was a that was not good. <laughs> that was a bad showing. Um, yeah, it's surprising. I watched. I watched a little bit of that. I thought there were some pretty bad drops. I think Paris Campbell had a couple of bad drops, mm-hmm. but like, um, and yeah, I'm telling the, you, yeah. the the Jaguars, the Jaguars' offense is so bad that it makes their defense look bad. But the Jaguars' defense is not—they're not horrible. Uh, it's just they stay on the field so much because the offense is three and out every possession. Uh, I, I think the I think the Jaguars' defense, you know, under under better coaching, uh, is is a little better than what people give them credit for. Yeah, I, I expect. I'm hoping that they get a good head coach this offseason, honestly. Uh, but you know, who who can tell with that uh that GM still there and things like that too. Uh, so moving into the next segment, we'll say they our need thank to, you. But, oh, oh, go ahead. 
I was just going to say, you, if you're talking about coaches out there, they need to go uh, after Byron Leftwich. I mean, what what more could you ask for? You know, a former player, the dude's killing it uh, with the Buccaneers. He's a defensive-minded coach. That is a perfect fit. Yeah, I want to say that they've already requested the interview, if I'm not mistaken. Really? Well, they need to. That That's probably my number one fit. If there's a coach that's meant for a job, uh, I think that's it. Man, I'll, I'll be honest real quick before moving to this next segment. I don't care who gets hired on there as long as they give LaVisca Chanel some touches, man. That's all I care about. Yeah, dude's a beast. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll go ahead and move on to our uh, this segment I like to call player opinions. Uh, we'll save our thank yous and stuff to the end of the show. Uh, but basically what I wanted to do, Kelby, with you on here, man, is as the offseason begins, I thought it'd be cool to kind of give our opinions on a couple of players that people had mixed reviews on. Uh, basically what we'll do is uh, these players are hard to rank for most people or some of them are even coming back off of injuries. Uh, so what I want to do is just kind of talk about our opinions on these players. Where do we kind of see them rank that? Uh, do we like their situation right now or not? Uh, would we prefer to have them on dynasty teams, things like that? Uh, just kind of like where we're feeling at right now as far kind of a, a hot, cold chick. Uh, so the first player on my list real quick, I got two from each position. Uh, Mac Jones. How are you guys feeling about Mac Jones right now? I uh, own zero shares of Mac Jones. I had one share and traded it away this during, or early in the season. But, um, man, I like him. I mean, I like the player. I think he's a really good NFL quarterback. And I think he is going to be a really solid fantasy quarterback. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't think he ever gets in that top five, eight, or whatever. But I think he is – good enough to get the top 12 um, kind of in that Kirk cousins or Derek Carr yeah. mold of just throwing it. And, man, but I do worry about them, right? Will they ever get him some good receivers um, that, you know, they're going to run the ball. Um, so I worry about that part of it, but I like the player and wish I had more shares. Yeah. yeah, I'm, yeah I, I think, I think anybody that plays under that, you know, under Belichick is, you know, quarterback wise, uh, you know, is going to be a decent dynasty, you know, quarterback. He's 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 got the you know the tools to do it, and and the style of offense they run. Uh, you know, surprisingly, they get down around the red zone. They're throwing the ball, uh, and you got Hunter Henry, his big red zone target. Uh, so I you know I like Mac Jones going forward. Uh, in in, in that category, you know. Yeah, I think it's a solid QB two in a super flex league for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, yes. Man, you know, you kind of want a little bit more upside as your QB one, but uh, especially like in more QB leagues and stuff like that. But having Matt Jones as your your two or your three, uh, you're pretty stoked about it. Um, I've seen I've seen several people's got him ranked in behind Tua, and I would much rather have have you know Jones over Tua. Yeah, I just uh, I, I'm want, I'm wanting Jones to have just a couple more like like what Kobe said, a couple more weapons on the team. Yeah, uh, yeah. Right now, I've got Tua and, and Mac pretty close to my rankings. Uh, I think yeah. I have Tua maybe one spot just because of Waddle and and Devontae Parker around them. The did you see the the meme of Belichick watching the national championship last night? Oh yeah, with uh, <laughs> I, I was drawing over name, slave, little, uh, little slave quick white Bolden. receiver from Alabama. So, uh, what, what's you guys' yeah. opinion? What's your guys' opinion, opinion on uh, Zach Wilson? I know Zach Wilson got a lot of a lot of hate during the season. Started off extremely slow, had an injury for a little bit, and then uh, came back off of it and looked actually pretty decent. My opinion from him co- coming out of college was, "What is the Jets doing?" You know, I I, don't, I can't remember if they moved up or if they had that early of a pick, uh, but I wasn't crazy about him, and he didn't show me nothing. You know, through the season. Uh, he may end up being decent, uh, but but to me, he's he's at the back end of that uh, quarterback class. Yeah, I agree. And I, you know, I do have a few shares of him. Got him late first round in rookie drafts, in a few spots. But um, you just kind of worry, right? Will that team ever kind of do enough to make him feasible as a quarterback, even as a quarterback too? You know. Yeah. But he did show some running late in the year, so he showed a little bit of scrambling ability, and he definitely had, can throw some, you know, interesting deep throws and stuff like that. But when I watched him, it was like he was just not reading things and getting sacked, and just it was just a it was awful this year. So if you, I think if you own him, you probably just got to hold him because you can't mm-hmm. sell him right now for much. I don't think. I think he's good for Elijah Moore though. The, the the deep threat because he can throw a good deep ball and Elijah Moore likes to to run those deep routes. 
I think he helps Elijah Moore as a you know as a fantasy receiver. Yeah, and honestly, the 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 young core there at the Jets. I mean, I'm I'm excited to have honestly any of them: Michael Carter, Elijah oh, yeah. Moore, Zach Wilson, whoever. Uh, I think as long as they can get somebody or not get somebody in there, excuse me, as long as they can continue to kind of uh, unlock their potential, I guess you would say uh, they got they got a good young squad. Uh, let's transition over a little bit to the running back position now and uh, a running back that I have trouble, honestly, in my personal rankings of where I should put this player at just because he's coming back off of injury. Uh, he came back and played a game uh, this past week and actually didn't look too great. But I just want y'all's opinion on it. So coming off this injury, how do y'all view Cam Akers right now? Uh, the the Achilles injury is always scary when it comes to a running back, uh, but he's young enough and, and as quick as he recovered from it. Uh, I like Akers. I actually sent out a couple trades for him this, this past uh, week after all the championships was done. We go back to trading. Uh, so, you know, I, I think Akers is, uh, you know, is a good back. And I, I think if, if things work, well there and you know it, 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 with the rams uh you know with the threat of of uh you know throwing the ball of course you know stafford and the receivers they've got in place it's gonna it's gonna give him room to run so i, I like acres i don't own any shares of him either and i i'm probably a little lower on him i want to i root for him he's a mississippi boy you know but mm-hmm. i root for him but i'm probably a little lower on him but you know i'd like to see him be you know become something he's in a good offense which we like i do think there's going to be other running backs there that you know he'll have to compete with but um i'm probably lower on him so i'm um again and i don't own any shares so um nothing nothing i I, I won't be going to trade for him i don't think but yeah i kind of got him as like a low-end rb2 right now um somebody i I think he's got potential just kind of waiting to kind of see where it's at yeah I could have traded, uh, as far as injured running backs, I could have traded ETN in one league four acres straight up, and I held on to ETN. I think ETN's got got a little bit of a higher ceiling than acres. Yeah, man, I, I, would don't, go I, I would go ETN too. Yeah, I don't mind it a bit, honestly. Uh, so this next this next player is a running back who uh, had a late season res- uh, resurgence, I guess you would say. Uh, first time this guy's produced in about four years because he's been injured for about four years in the NFL. Uh, what about Rashad Penny with Seattle? Uh, this guy who basically just came in and dominated, helped win people fantasy championships and stuff. Uh, where do y'all see Rashad Penny going forward? I remember Dynasty Twitter when he first came, when he was coming out of college, people were really high on him. I remember, I can still remember going to watch him as college film on YouTube, and I just didn't see it. Like, I just didn't like him compared to some of the other guys I was watching. And, and, but then, you know, he came in and got hurt, and I, I think I had traded for a couple of shares and maybe picked him up off the waiver wire once he eventually got dropped the last few years. But then he never played, so I ended up dropping him myself. And so this guy annoys me. <laughs> you know, yeah. I've dropped all my shares, and now he finally uh, he's been See, good. And, I dropped him, I think, in Legion of Doom the week before he went off. Uh, uh, I held on to him all year. I dropped him and added him like once or twice, and then I held on to him and, and fooled with him, which I had, I think, every one of the Seattle running backs at one time. Uh, I had DJ Dallas, Carson, and and him, uh, and I dropped him, and, and I think uh, maybe Robbie picked him up. Somebody picked him up that next week and actually started him, and I was like, man, you've got to be kidding me. Uh, so I'm the same way. In that Seattle backfield, uh, to me, just watching – Watching in game, I, I mean DJ Dallas to me looks like the best running back on the team. Uh, but the, I don't know what the deal is. Like they won't they won't leave him in. Uh, so I don't know. I'm I'm the same way. I mean I don't really want Penny because I don't trust him going forward. But you know I mean he's had some some huge you know fantasy games. So uh, this year had you know two or three there back to back. So uh, it's it's tough to say. I would try to sell him if I owned him right now. Yeah, I'd be me too. Somebody I'd be trying to sell. See what you can get for him. Y'all think Carson's done for? Man, he's about got to be. How old is he? Once he's like twenty-seven or so. I was just gonna say he's he's at the he's at the tail end of it. I think, uh, especially with Russell Wilson being a free agent, they're gonna move on from him. And I say they, you know, I don't know where Carson is contract wise, but I don't I don't know if he'll you know if he'll get another job somewhere else if if Seattle moves on. Carson's that guy though that's just like he's a tough dude. So like. 
I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, I, you know, I wouldn't drop yeah. him or anything like that in any leagues. I think if I have him on some leagues and I do, I'm fine with him just sitting there and seeing what happens next year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if you uh, if you remember a couple of years ago, that was, was it, it may have been last year where they was almost counting him out. Uh, you know, they, I think it was DJ Dallas then as a rookie, they said was going to come yeah. in and take his job. And then Carson, of course, last year had a, had a great season. Yeah. All right. So moving over to the wide receiver position, uh, a player that actually surprised a lot of people this year. Uh, I actually, actually had a fantastic year as a wide receiver too on a lot of people's teams. Uh, what about Mike Williams? What's y'all's opinion on him? And he's too inconsistent for me uh, to, uh, to be on an offense. It's that explosive. Uh, you know, I mean, if you've got him, uh, you know, it's hard to start him because he had weeks where he'd put up 25 and then he'd put up zero and then he'd put up 20 and then he'd put up four. I mean, I just, I hate, I would rather have a guy that consistently puts up 12 points than, than the guy who puts up 25, but then puts up zero. Uh, and he would go, he would go a lot of time in that offense with, with no targets. So. Uh, I'm not crazy about him. I, I think, I mean, he, he probably finished, what, top 15? Yeah, probably had to. Yeah. He was kind of like going off some weeks early this year. I was yeah. like looking at my rosters like, man, I wish I, had, I wish I had some Mike Williams, but I have zero shares of him too. And, um, and but I agree with Marcus completely. He's just, you know, hit and miss. I think he might be a free agent. Um, is that right? Uh, I think he might be. I think so. Yeah, he's one so of the like, big names. So that kind of worries me a little bit too. I mean, he's with Justin Herbert, great quarterback. So who knows what could happen? But um, I don't know what you could get for him. But if I did own him, I would probably be trying to shop this offseason just to see. Yeah, kind of turn. And he very well could turn into a Kenny Galladay situation. Yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, next wide receiver, almost done, guys. Uh, what what do you, what's y'all's opinion on Gabe Davis? Uh, I know he had a great late season a uh, couple weeks there before he caught COVID and was out for a week. I think it was week 15 or 16. I can't remember. Uh, but Gabe Davis, man, uh, is somebody that I actually like having on my dynasty teams. He's a good plug-in for bye weeks and things like that. Uh, I actually found my way starting him as a, as a flex there late in the season. What's y'all's opinion? Man, he's young, uh, and he's he's on a great offense. And, and they're looking uh, – you know – they need that that number two guy to step up. You know, I think Diggs, uh, as far as receivers, is, you know, he's the guy. And then you've got, you know, Dawson Knox, who's been playing well. Uh, but they need the the number two. And Gabriel Davis, you know, has kind of done that the last, what, three or four weeks of the season. Uh, he was on the field, you know, the most uh, out, out of everybody but Diggs. So, I think going forward, he's a guy that, you know, if you could buy low, I would definitely try to do that. Uh, I wouldn't put a lot of stock in him because you don't know that he's that number two guy yet. But, uh, you know, if you can get him for, for a little bit of nothing, it'd be worth hanging on to. Yeah. It's hard, right? Because you want, I think we all want pieces of these really good offenses, guy tied to Josh Allen. But, of course, we know that he's going to throw it to Diggs. He's going to throw it to Knox. He's going to yeah. run a lot. He's going to run a lot down near the goal line. Um, so, I don't, I don't know about the Davis um, ceiling or the upside going forward but you know i definitely don't think you might have him on your roster and just kind of seeing what develops there because beasley i think beasley might be a cut candidate for them and yeah. Manuel sanders was nothing this year so as marcus said they need that guy so if he could somehow become that second guy um you know you'd be glad to have him yeah i, th- I think he like the last he he was hurt or injured he didn't play one game but i think i read something where like the last five weeks of the season uh you know, he, he was targeted more than besides Diggs and Knox. And then, like, the last week, like, he had, like, 10, 12 targets. So, you know, if that continues, especially, you'll, you'll know more through the playoffs. Uh, but, yeah, that, that definitely, yeah. if you could buy him cheap, that'd be a guy that you could hang on to, and he may blow up next year. So, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, moving into the tight end position, I got two guys for you real quick. One that just kind of had a surprise season and the one that's going to be coming back off of an injury next year. Uh, so, where do you guys have Dalton Schultz ranked rank that right now in your uh, tight end dynasty rankings? I, I've got him in, you know, like it, it, in tight ends. I kind of look at him in tiers. Uh, you know, he, he's definitely not in that top tier with, with Pitts and Andrews and them, uh, Kelsey Kittle. Uh, but to me, he's right there at the bottom of that second tier. And I actually, in the Yellowstone League, could have traded for him. I think Stevens got him. Uh, I think so. I can't remember. But I, I, 
could have traded and that's a, a two tight end uh, or a two two point per perception tight end league and uh, had a trade that I could have could have done and end up end up not going through with it but I've got him right at the bottom of that that tier two uh, of course on a great offense with with Dak the only thing that scares me there is you know the the you know there's several different targets to go to in that passing game and then of course you know Zeke's gonna get his catches out of the backfield so it's only Schultz is going to be as good as as the offense is that week. You know, you have them weeks to where Dallas puts up seven, ten points, then it's going to hurt Schultz. But, you know, when they they score three and four touchdowns, uh, he's more than likely going to get one of those. He's going to add several catches and several yards. So, I like Schultz. Yeah, I probably have him ranked about the same place. I don't don't think he's that elite talent like some of those other guys, but he's really solid, and Dak loved him. And um, he was a big surprise. The teams I had him on, including Legion of Doom, just, you know, didn't necessarily think I was starting him. But all of a sudden, he's a weekly starter. And Mm -hmm. I do think he's a free agent, too. And that worries me going forward. I I read an article this week about uh, the Jets, talking about the Jets need to go get him for Zach Wilson to have a safety blanket. Mm -hmm. And I was like, please don't. Please don't. That's that's scary. (laughs) Leave him him in Dallas. Let him be Dak's safety blanket, you know. Yeah. Um, But I do like Schultz a lot. every Every place I have him, I'm very happy to have him. So yeah, they got so Jarwin is they're gonna go with Jarwin forward more than likely. I don't know. I think Schultz, right? He's had he's been so good. One of these yeah. teams might throw throw a lot of money at him, right? So yeah, yeah um, I hope he stays in Dallas. But yeah, I mean the, the Cowboys could very very easily lose Schultz and Gallup in free agency. Yeah, yeah, um, that's tough. But for me though, if he stays with Dallas, uh, I see Schultz being honestly he's in my top ten tight ends right now, uh, just because Dak looks his way in the red zone red zone way way often uh but this this last tight end before we move into our playoff picks uh irv smith jr this uh minnesota's tight end who was uh in he uh, got injured i want to say in the preseason or right before uh, this guy he was the hype was there uh people were talking about him being one of the tight end ones off the board and things like that uh how do you guys view him going for i know it's a, it's a bad injury to have i want to say towards acl or something uh going into the 2022 season where do you guys see him at my questions with him is is around the quarterback. You know, what's Minnesota going to do with a new coach and, you know, his cousins coming back and, you know, that, that there, there's a lot of targets there, you know, target shares there too for other guys. So that's my only fear with him is, is that offense. I think he's talented. He's young. And as long as he recovers well from the injury, uh, I mean, honestly, I think he'll be right back up there and that, you know, right outside of that first tier. Uh, you know, right there with maybe like a, a Godert and a Fant. Yeah, I remember a couple of years ago watching him behind Kyle Rudolph when he was at the mm-hmm. Vikings. And I'm like, man, this guy's, you know, really athletic and moves, looks like a receiver almost at times the way he moves, like getting the ball. But Rudolph was still there taking a lot of catches away. And so I, I do think that he is somebody worth shopping for. Um, of course, if I'm in a one tight end, I don't even know that I care. But in like some of these start two tight end leagues like I'm in, um, He's probably somebody I should be making some offers for just to see what somebody might let him go. Uh, Tyler Conklin was pretty good for them this year, some. So maybe people would think that Irv's, you know, won't be able to come back and do it. But I do think he's a buy if you can, you know, the right person will turn him loose. Yeah. If yeah. Cousin, Cousins hangs around, it's it's a no doubter. Right. I mean, he, that he's going to throw to the tight end, as you said, with Conklin. You know, he's that, that's, that's his, that's his deal. Cousins isn't throwing the ball deep down the field. So, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of where I see him at as well. I got him right there around like that 15 range right now, uh, just to kind of wait and see how he feels whenever he comes back from that injury. Uh, but he's somebody that I've been watching ever since he was at Alabama. Uh, Irv Smith has, man, like you said, he, he looked like a wide receiver at times in college and even in his first couple of years of the NFL. But, man, this guy stays hurt all too often. Uh, in my opinion, he kind of has an O.J. Howard vibe to where when yeah. he's on the field and playing, he's fantastic. But how often does that kind of happen? Uh, so guys, uh, if y'all are ready, let's go into these playoff picks. No. All right. So let's quickly run through these playoff picks real quick. So that way our, our listeners ain't got a two hour long show. Uh, so starting into the NFL playoffs, they went ahead and released the bracket as it's finalized and things like that. So just kind of give me a rundown and we'll keep a record of who, who gets them right and things like that. Uh, so the first matchup we got with Las Vegas Raiders at the Cincinnati Bengals. Marcus, who you got? Uh, I'm going with the Bengals. All right, Kelby, who um, you got? I'm taking the Bengals, too. 
Yeah, I am too, man. It's just it's hard to stop that offense right now. They're rolling. Uh, I think what it really kind of comes down to is uh, we'll, we'll see what Joe Burrow shows up. Is it going to be interception Joe or is it going to be touchdown Joe? I got the Bengals as a dark horse to win it all. Oh, snap. Okay. Yeah. If 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 they, you know, that offense is rolling, they're hard to stop. All right. So, second matchup, Patriots at Bills. I'm going with Buffalo. I'll take the Bills. I mean, I think the Patriots could keep it close. You know, Belichick, Mac Jones could keep it close, but I'm going to take the Bills at home. Yeah, I'm the same way. I think the, the biggest thing there is that it's at home. Uh, but I remember, didn't they? They just played each other a couple weeks ago, and it was a really close game, wasn't it? Uh, uh, the Patriots beat them, but the wind was blowing like 190 mile an hour. That's right. right. Uh, I got I got the Bills in this one as well, just because I think I think Josh Allen puts it together, especially with a healthy ankle. Uh, next one, Steelers at Chiefs. You're going Steelers, right, Marcus? No, I'll be going <laughs> with the Kansas City Chiefs. I told myself I was going to pick one upset in these in these picks. But this is not it. Okay. <laughs> I'm taking. I'm taking the Chiefs. <laughs> I I am as well. I got the uh, I got the Chiefs by a pretty handily margin there. Uh, I just don't think that Big Ben can can overcome that offense. Uh, next one: Cardinals at Rams. I'm gonna go with the Cardinals. I don't know if you'd call it an upset, but I I just I think they're gonna. I think Murray's gonna show up and uh, they're gonna have a big game. And I think the Cardinals will take the Rams down. I'm also taking the Cardinals, but my reasoning is the fact that the Rams blew the game to the 49ers this week and kept my Saints out of the playoffs. So I refuse <laughs> to pick or root for the Rams. Hey man, I tell you, the, the Saints have had a rough couple couple years of playoffs and stuff, man. Trying to get in, it, it's been a rough uh, life. <laughs> uh, I'm, a, I'm actually going to switch it up. I'm going to go Rams here. Uh, I just want to see Stafford take home a playoff win, honestly, and so I'm going to go with them. Uh, so we got our first little. I guess a uh, conflict there of interest. Uh, next one, 49ers at Cowboys. All right. So if we're going to talk about an upset uh, for the record, on the record, I'm going with the Cowboys. But if I think there's one game that, that would blow people's mind, I think the 49ers could upset the Cowboys. But for the record, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I do agree the 49ers could give them a real good game and good coaching, good offense, running the ball, that kind of stuff. But I'm picking the Cowboys. All right, so once again, I'm going to differ from you guys, and I'm going to go Niners. Uh, I'm just going to do nice. it for, for, for a numbers uh, game here. But I think uh, with me, I, I like that Niners offense. Uh, I think it's very, very underrated. Uh, but that, that Cowboys offense can very well be inconsistent at times. Uh, this is your upset, right, Kelby? Eagles at Buccaneers. It is not. I didn't pick one. I just told you I should have. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the game I'm probably least interested in of the whole weekend, right, is I just think that. You know, Brady will do Brady things. And, you know, I'm not saying the Eagles are awful. They're they're, they're competitive, but I'm going to take Brady at home. Yeah, if there's there's one thing that I've learned, uh, it's that you don't you don't pick against Tom Brady. Uh, so I'll be going with the Bucks as well. Yeah, me as well. I don't think there's really much to say outside of that. Uh, so, guys, that's all we got for the for today's episode. Uh, Kelby, you want to say anything before we close this thing out? Guys, I really appreciate you guys doing this podcast. I thank y'all for inviting me to the Legion of Doom League. And um, um, it's just cool getting to know more and more people and talk more about Dynasty. So I uh, really enjoyed it. Maybe do it again sometime. And uh, feel free to always reach out to me if you have, have any, want my opinion on anything Dynasty related. Absolutely, man. Well, hey, uh, we appreciate you, Kelby. Thanks for taking time out of your night to jump on with us, man. Uh, one thing I will say is that it's about time you and Steven start a podcast. Uh, we're here if you have any, any, uh, at, or if you need any help starting one or anything, we've got your back. All right. We need to do that, but we might have too many arguments, but I don't know how it would work. <laughs> hey, that, Steven doesn't argue up. with anybody. Oh, yeah. He argues with the wall. So, <laughs> he, All right, he, guys. Definitely, he definitely don't like those one day drafts in Dynasty. No, he hates those. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, real quick, we just want to thank our listeners, man. You guys, uh, Give us support on a weekly basis. Uh, this podcast is successful because of you guys and the time that y'all take. Uh, just listen to our podcast. We want to thank our home dynasty league, the Legion of Doom. 
Uh, I think we got a good group of guys, and I'm looking forward to seeing what this 2022 offseason and regular season is going to look like next year. Uh, also, we want to thank two of our favorite podcasts, Plowboy Radio Podcast and Jab Step Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Uh, if you guys are interested in theology or fantasy basketball, go over and give them a listen. Uh, also, give us a follow on Facebook at Legacy of Legends of Dynasty Podcast and Twitter at LOL Dynasty Pod. Uh, man, we look forward to having another good episode in two weeks. And uh, man, just uh, enjoying interacting with you guys. We'll see y'all next time.